You're listening to... Offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics. With your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. And here we are. Hot foul episode following a thrilling comeback by the Celtics against the New Orleans Pelicans last night at the Boston Garden. Mike, this is coming off the heels of, you know, really an embarrassing loss um, where they got trounced to the Clippers, which I think we need to spend some time on in a minute. But with a... I don't know, seven minutes to go or so. It was 94-89, and Derek White was one for nine in the game, one for 17 over his last two. White, Brown, and Horford were 13 for 55. Um, Horford misses a jump shot, about 15-foot jump shot, and they were 13 for 56. Oh, yeah, from the corner. And from that point forward... The three of them didn't miss another shot. In particular, Derek White just went off. He had a driving layup um, that got them going last night to cut the lead to three, and, and then he just kind of he he absolutely just went off from there. Um, a, a couple threes actually finished the game six for fourteen, so he made his last five shots after starting one for nine. He was five for five from you know that seven eight minute mark on. And, you know, this was uh, at one point, Mike, a 10-point game in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I texted you right before, you know, coming, the Celtics went to the timeout, they came back, and Horford missed that shot. But right before that shot, giving you those numbers and basically saying, you can't beat these good teams if three of your five starters just are not showing up and, and can't put the ball in the basket. and Lo and behold, you know, they stop making shots and they pull away and they win. I think at one it was like a 28 to 7 run or something along those lines towards the end of the game. And they just completely took over. Uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to give it over to you. Last thing I'll say, I thought the biggest difference between last night's game and the Clippers game outside of the Clippers being a level better than the Pelicans is I don't think the Celtics really ever stopped playing. Um, there were moments where they got away from what worked, and I thought they rushed things against the Pelicans in that first half and at times in the third quarter, especially at the end of the third quarter. But for the most part, they stood stayed within themselves, continued to play their offense, even though their shots weren't falling, and, and eventually it started to click. Um, the Clippers game, I thought they got away from things pretty early and, and things unraveled quickly. But... You know, an important win. It showed some fight coming off what was just a terrible loss um, two nights before. So go ahead, Mike. You take it from here. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good win last night. Obviously, exciting basketball to see the way Derek White played. The third quarter was great, too. Just both teams playing really hard. Uh, I think the Pelicans ran out of gas a little bit. In last night's game, and I also want to give credit to the Celtics defensively in the second half. Uh, they really dug in. They were playing hard. Uh, they didn't match up great with New Orleans size-wise. Um, but they they were able to stay in front of their guys. They weren't giving up a ton of wide-open threes like they were in the first half. Um, they weren't letting guys get to the hoop outside of Zion. Even Brandon Ingram's um, shots that he was making were contested. 
And so I thought that was a big difference too, because their defense was non-existent the night before and really almost non-existent for most of the game against Miami too. Uh, at least not playing to the level that we expect them to in the effort on the defensive end. So I thought that was a big difference last night in the second half. And when they went down 10, before Derek White went off, it was Tatum. Tatum hit some big shots to get him back in yeah. that game. And yeah, and got got the crowd into it. Uh, I thought the crowd was great last night. It was a great win. Um, the third quarter was playoff basketball. You had teams, players on both sides of the ball diving on the ground for Loose balls. The Pelicans were up in the Celtics, defending hard, making it really difficult to score. And the Celtics were just executing at a higher level. Um, and I think the things that really hurt the Pelicans last night is Zion Williamson isn't in good enough shape for them to win. Um, to have to sit your star player because he's winded when he's dominating the way he was. Um, that's a big part of the reason they lost last night is he couldn't be out on the floor. And when he came back in the last three minutes of the game, he was toast. Yeah. And I couldn't could, believe they, I, I couldn't believe they had him covering case. Tatum. I thought that see, was crazy. You could see it too. Like he, um, he had that really bad turnover late in the fourth quarter where he threw it to where no one existed. And, you know, another time he just kind of belly flopped with the basketball. Um, and then there was another time where he basically just didn't get back on defense He's not in good shape. I, I mean, you take one good look at him, and you can see that. And it's a, it's a shame because his athletic ability is so elite. Uh, you saw what he was doing in that second and third quarter to the Celtics in terms of getting to the basket at will. Awesome. With two or three guys awesome. kind of draped yeah. all over him. And um, the shots, you know, his touch is so soft from inside that yeah. um, restricted area that no matter how well you can test it. And, and I got to tell you something too, Brandon Ingram, you mentioned the tough shots he was making, you know, he, he is elite at getting to the spot he wants to get to. And, uh-huh. and then he has the ability, you know, at his size to kind of just shoot over you. Now it's not like a Kevin Durant level. Um, I don't want to go That's there. That's like but the next level a, down from him. Yeah. It's just a level lower. Yeah. And it's a good team, you know, CJ McCollum. That's a, that's a really good basketball team. Um, it's, it's kind of, I don't think they're well coached though, Jim. They, they, I don't think they're well coached. Like at the end of that game, I didn't see it. I don't know. Just no offense at all. Really? No, no. And and Scal hit on it. I've watched them a bunch this year. They, they have games where they, they look great. You know, they, they, they will play really good teams hard and it'll be close and they'll get some wins. Um, and then they'll have games where you just kind of look at them and say, is this the same team? And some of that's maturity, some of that's Zion, honestly, not being in the condition he should be in. And um, but when they're locked is Jose in, Alvarado is Jose Alvarado hurt? Is that why he didn't play last night? No, he's just not really good enough to be in the rotation. Huh. Yeah, I mean he's a I feel like they player. could use his energy sometimes. Yeah. They didn't need it last yeah. night, maybe a little bit in the fourth, but the fourth yeah energy wasn't a problem for the last night um and it despite them being such a good team they're not a really good defensive team and you kind of and that's what i kind of got to i i feel like a lot of the celtics problems at times is is starts with their offense and when they're missing and they're missing long it creates easy opportunities for teams on the other side um 
when they don't attack matchups the way they should um with you know force it really causes them problems look the clippers are a really good team it was kind of shocking last night to see them lose to the cabs and you know the way they did it you know the cabs kind of pulled away there in the fourth quarter um, Cavs have won what 10 in a row yeah i just the the way you saw the clippers play um it showed that they really got up for the Celtics game because, you know, talent-wise, their heads and shoulders, even as well as the Cavs are playing, um, better than the Cavs. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they certainly cause problems. They're strong. They're, they're big, you know, on the wings. They're, bigs at, they're big at the guard position. But there were still matchup opportunities that the Celtics could take advantage of. And they just got sloppy. And I thought they got lazy in that game. There was one sequence that just really stood out to me where Hodden was basically became their rim protector at times in the second and third quarter. And the Celtics failed to attack that, um, failed to find ways to beat guys off the dribble, including when they would have Daniel Tice out on the perimeter. Um, there was a moment, I think it was in the second quarter, where Jalen Brown had the ball in the, out in the corner and he drove on tice and he just let tice strip him clean you, you, i mean daniel tice is a good player he's he's not that level of player where you you one of your superstars are getting stripped clean from him and the way the celtics were driving it was almost like they had no idea where the center was and where the shot blocker was coming from i mean they've been elite all season in terms of reading the shot blocker and either scoring at the hoop or finding the open man. And I just felt like everything got rushed once they started missing, and especially when the Clippers started making shots. And it became yep. an uncompetitive game very, very quickly. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, four of your five starters failed to make a shot or failed to play very well at all. But the, the, I... I I look at that as, you know, kind of a sense of, you know, we use fight as a term of, like, is a team playing hard? I I, I kind of use it here as in terms of intent on offense and, and execution. You, you're so talented. You need to be smarter. You got to fight through things and do things the right way. You can't just go hard to the hoop against good teams and think you're going to get good results. It doesn't work that way. They're too good. You you need to play within yourself, especially against good defensive teams, and the Celtics let it get away from them. As opposed to, I thought, last night, and not to say there weren't moments. I thought Jalen Brown in the third quarter was forced in action unnecessarily, continued to drive, like, straight from the top of the key, and, you know, he turned it over once and probably should have had three turnovers. Got bailed out with a foul call that wasn't a foul call, and um ball that went out of bounds off the Pelicans that could have easily been called off Kata. And, and I felt like he was forcing that action because things weren't going well for him offensively. As opposed to, I thought, Derek White, who was missing a ton of shots, Mike. But I never really felt like he was, there was maybe a drive or two that were goofy in the second quarter. But I never felt like he was forcing the action. And a lot of his shots were good shots. And as a result, once he hit one, he was in the flow because he was playing the right way. And 
this team has to continue to play the right way. doesn't mean you're going to win. doesn't mean you're going to hit every shot. But at least you're giving yourself a chance. I, I, I thought in the Clippers game, the Clippers deserve a ton of credit. Um, I don't, I don't want to take away anything. They outplayed the Celtics. They bullied them, like you said. But the Celtics also, once things started going bad, made it a lot easier for them. And that's that's kind of my observation from, um, you know, that game anyways. Yeah, and it concerns me for when the playoffs come because the, the Clippers and Pelicans are two very different teams defensively. Oh, the yeah. Pelicans have size, but they can't. They can't defend at the skill that the Clippers can with Paul George and what he brings, and with Kawhi Leonard and what he brings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and thought Zubac I saw something. When he's playing, you know, as a force. Uh, well, from yeah. Tice too, I thought both centers clogged that paint pretty well against the Celtics and made it hard when the Celtics were trying to drive. Even when the Celtics had good drives in that first hat to the basket, I felt like everything was contested. Every shot was contested, and the Celtics' offense was rushed. And what concerns me about Boston is, um, in the playoffs, teams, good teams, defend the three-point line much better than they do in the regular season. And the Celtics, when their three-point shot hasn't fallen in the past, have, against good defensive basketball teams, have kind of resorted to that offense. We've seen that offense in the playoffs fight this team in big moments and big games quite a bit over the last couple of years. And they have to get through this. They have to figure that out because that's going to be their Achilles heel to winning a championship, being too reliant on the three and not being able to figure out other ways to win. Uh, they were 4-23 for 23 in the first half against the Clippers from three. Um, last night, they were 6-25. for 25 in the first half against the Pelicans. Um, and even against the Pelicans, there were opportunities to score inside. And they were still launching with possessions of one pass and a three, one pass and a three. So not like good possessions where you get a good wide open three. There was some of that, but a lot of those rush possessions. And um, that's what concerns me about this team long-term is their offensive identity, I still think they're way too reliant on the three-point shot. I think it's what can make them great, as we saw in the fourth quarter last night. It also can be the type of offense in a playoff series that is not sustainable. Yeah, and um, you, can, you can see... Unless, unless you're the Golden State Warriors. But they're the can, only team to ever do it. And you can see kind of like um, feeding off that of how much they miss Przingis in, in that um, respect. Right. You know... Mm-hmm in terms of finding matchups and they were able to do it a lot. I thought against Miami, um, you know, he was hitting his threes, but they were also, I didn't feel like it was just a three point reliant offense. I felt like they were running their offense. They got a lot of points in the paint. They were oh, they got whatever they wanted. Yeah. yeah. They were getting whatever they wanted. Um, and Przingis, you know, can break up a good defense. You put him on the foul line extended. Even if you put a Paul George on him, for example, he can just turn around and shoot. Um, mm-hmm. But at times, even with him, they've gotten away from that. And, you know, certainly against the Nuggets, they got away from that when yep. there were opportunities to find matchups or run a two-man game. Um, so to your point, even with him, there are times where they still become too reliant on the three-point shot when they don't necessarily have to. I think without him, 
it gets hotter, obviously. Um, other things they can do, absolutely. You can find ways to get Tatum down on the block. Um, create, you know, action where you get a switch and you can put him on the block and let him go to work. His fadeaway game is is excellent. Him going to the basket is excellent. I, I think there are times where he's getting going and the Celtics have gotten away from him over the last few games, which is a blatant mistake. Same with Jalen Brown. Especially in the, the first block. half against the Clippers. Yeah, especially the first yeah. half. Holiday on the block um, is really, really good. I, I don't think to the level that Smart was, but he's still really good. Um, but then beyond that, you, you do start to run some issues. I mean, Al is essentially a, uh, a top of the key player now yep. or out on the wing. He doesn't play down there. It's it's just not who he is. He can't survive. Um you don't really have a ton of backup bigs, and even the guys coming off your bench are really perimeter players in Hauser and Pritchard. Prisak um, can do some things, but he's pretty inconsistent. So they, but they, there needs to be a contingency plan um, on how they're going to get buckets if the three isn't going when Pazingas is out, because I think if history tells us anything with him, um, there's no guarantee. You certainly hope he's there when it matters, but there's no guarantee that he will be. So how do they adjust um, if he's not? Yeah, my, you know, not yeah. making shots, you know. And I agree. I agree with you, Jim. But I just don't think it's the philosophy of the franchise to adjust. I think this is. I think this is who they are and what they've bought into. It's why they've been successful. So there's a lot of credit to the way they play because they win a ton of games in the regular season. Offensive efficiency. They also win a lot of games in the postseason, but it's just it's what's cost them as well, and it's it's what concerns me. Um, you know, even last night, I, I know it's funny. I sent you a video at, at halftime. Like I couldn't believe Holiday passed up that layup to end the first half. Like there wasn't anybody near him. I think he right next to the hoop. Yeah, is I that think, what happened? You think he panicked because there I think guys he panicked and didn't realize how open he was. I watched yeah. it yeah, a couple times because um, uh, he's pretty smart, and I I don't think he'd pass up a layup like that for a three. I think he panicked. I certainly hoped not. Yeah. I, yeah, that's that's what I think happened. Now, panic's probably not the right word, but I, you know, you're six foot four down there with the trees. You just, I think there was kind of oh my god moment there am i really this open um and there was an interesting stat i saw about the denver nuggets last year in the last in actually the last two nba finals it was like three point attempts and three four point makes in the nba finals the last two years like dropped like 40 percent oh wow so it's like the, the the game changes in the finals yeah um and what? you know teams have to score inside and i was like wow the the Celtics Warriors, it was that dramatic because I remember the Warriors, like Jordan Poole and those guys were just it's killing the Curry. Celtics. Maybe yeah. it was because the Celtics were shooting so poorly. Yeah, that could have been <laughs> I don't it. Know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you you brought up a point where, you know, they have this philosophy. Well, obviously they wanted to alter that philosophy in the offseason. You know, Big they time, made yeah. dramatic changes to bring Porzingis in here uh, for Holiday to kind of man the pick and roll and, and how he's going to handle things. I mean, Holiday in a lot of ways fell into their lap, but they, they made significant changes. And I think with the understanding of 
you know, they needed to find other ways to score when the shot isn't going or when teams take away your primary options. I I think it's now on the coaching staff to kind of really, you know, go into the film room and look at what you look like when Porzingis isn't out there and find different ways to, you know, get buckets when the three isn't going, when it's not your night. Um, you know, there's two options. One is you can continue to play through it and say, well, we're going to get open shots and this is who we are, like you talked about their philosophy. And then there's the other option of saying, um, let's not take chance as our only option and let's let's try to do something different. And yeah. I think what they have to do is run their offense through Tatum and Brown on the block um, in those situations. I think they have to. I think they need to get switches and put them in spots where they can be successful down there. Um, and that's good offense. It is good offense. Um, and look, they they without Porzingis, it's it's much much harder. The personnel they have isn't built to have a ton of success down there without Porzingis, right? Um, and then that's not unusual just to them. I mean, if you took away Jokic or Embiid, those teams are dealing dealing with the same kind of issues, but. Uh-huh. You got to figure it out um, because if there's still enough talent for you to survive in the playoffs without Przingis. I, I don't think by any means you you would be the favorite anymore. Um, I don't even think you'd be the favorite to get out of the East. Um, it'd be tough to get out of the second round with the talent in the East now. Um, but you but you have enough where you could potentially pull it off. So you got to you got to figure out other ways um, and and have to live in the reality that. You know, knock on wood, he may not be healthy, you know, so made him Pazengas. Um Yeah. And then then to your point too, if he is healthy, you know, and things aren't going well, run your offense through him. That's why you made the moves and don't have what happened in Denver happen to you again. Uh-huh. Well, Absolutely. So tonight in Indiana. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I think tonight they could be out with, could be without uh, some bigs tonight, right, Jim? I yeah, I, I I don't think you'll have Horford. You know, you won't have Horford, right? Um, Cornette was doubtful yesterday, so probably not tonight. Um, by the way, he's been playing really well. Yeah, <laughs> I know what happened to him. He's a lot better than Kada. I know a lot of people like Kada right now. He's a lot better than him. Um, and then. I don't know with Porzingis. He was questionable yesterday. I assume he he will probably play today. Um, has he played against the Pacers all year? Did it, maybe the first game? I, I don't. I don't know. I think the first game we scored 150. But I I I mean, I'm not playing him unless he's like a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no reason to. Uh, you know, you go into tonight with Cater and you let Lamar Stevens play against their bigs and. Wish for the best, I think, is what you got to do until these guys are healthy. Yeah, it's similar to what they had to do against um, Orlando, right? Or the Cavs. I think or so. Somebody, yeah. 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 I, I, um, yeah, I. so I don't know. I don't know who you'll have. It, it'll be tough without, you know, without your bigs, for sure. Um, you know, Miles Turner is, is playing well, and Jabari Smith Siakam. is a good big off the bench, and you know, obviously having Siakam there, and they're playing better with Siakam. 
Um, how, how much back. is Siakam and Halliburton played together? Do you know? Is it like a game? Two games? I don't think much at all. Uh, Halliburton returns tonight. Yep. So I think it's his first game in like 11 games. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Usually, you know, and maybe Halliburton's unique in this regard. It wouldn't surprise me if he is. But usually when teams are playing pretty well and their star player comes back, there's usually an adjustment um, where there's some play that slides back a little bit. Um, yeah. So it would be interesting to see if that happens. I, You know, Halliburton's such a unselfish player though that maybe he he could very well be unique where that doesn't happen he's excellent yeah i mean he is excellent uh i don't think it's going to take a lot of time for them to figure it out i yeah i i I think it's going to work siakam's going to change the way he plays is he um is he going to do it i i don't know but if he's willing to He's got the athletic ability to really fit in to what they do, but he's gonna he's gonna change his his game. He can't just run ISO ISO Siakam like he did in Toronto. It's not how it's not what makes Indiana successful. But they're still winning with him. So I haven't watched them. So maybe he has you know adjusted to how they play. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see tonight. Yeah, they they played really well. They've played really well without Halliburton. They're a good team. Um, they get they're rested. Um, they played. You know, not last night, but the night before, um, you know, hanging on to beat Memphis, who's been playing a lot better, you know, over the last week or so, Memphis. Um, so although that looks like an easy game on paper, Memphis is probably playing as well as they have had all year. Um, so they're uh, they're going to be rested. They're going to be ready to go and they get up for the Celtics. You know, this they is, get up for these. Yeah. Philadelphia, yeah. Boston, Milwaukee. They they show up for. Yeah. It'll be yeah, interesting. It's, uh, it's, some of the other games they don't. Yep. Um, and and Benedict Matherin is the guy to keep an eye on. What's He's that? good. And he, Benedict Matherin and Aaron Neesmith, the two guys who just, and TJ McConnell, those three just killed the Celtics. Yeah. Um, yeah. This season. Uh, like McConnell has killed them. Yeah, he, he oh. has. And Neesmith has obviously had some really good games. Matherin got going in the last one against them. Yeah, it should be pretty good. Um, you'll see what the Celtics have for legs. I, but this is, again, another game where the Celtics should be able to find matchups wherever they want against this yep. this Pacers team. And they should get, be able to get looks, especially if Przingis is playing. Um, you know, run a ton through him. If he's on the floor, you should be able to be okay. And then at, once you get beyond this point, Mike, the rest of the homestands, I know you have the Lakers, but it's, you know, the Hawks. Um, the Wizards, and, and there's some other crappy team. Hey, then you go on the road to Miami and the rest of Brooklyn. February until you play the Knicks and the Sixers the last two games of February is really, you know, we, you know, I heard, I know Tatum said earlier this month, when does the easy schedule start? Well, it, it's pretty much here. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they they could go undefeated in February if they show up every night and play the way they can play. It's going to be real opportunity to rest guys if they want to. You're going to have the All Star break in there, so they um, this is a real chance to get you know guys healthy and and, and also figure out some kinks. Right, you can start trying different things. Um, 
you know, we talk about Tatum and Brown on the block more. You can start kind of drawing things up and, and and seeing how things can look and putting things on film for teams to kind of be ready for too um, in games like this. All right, Jim. Well, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, we'll check in again later this week. Go Celtics.